here we are in the middle of our Empowered series. And we've been looking at just how we, under, how we can understand better who the Holy Spirit is, what he does, by looking at some Old Testament things and then realizing, again, that these are not just stories for then, but they are uh, help us understand who the Holy Spirit is and how he works today. So we've been through a few. We've been through Holy Spirit-empowered uh, leadership in the Old Testament. Last week we talked about the miracles that we see um, in the Old Testament and how they're available for us today. And I, I want to invite you, by the way, if you've been praying for a miracle in your life and God has answered you, I absolutely 100,000% want to hear about that. Like, don't just tuck that into your prayer journal, friends. You have to tell your pastor it says that in the Bible. Okay, that's not true. But it should, it should say that because you have to tell me about that kind of stuff. You do. Don't be like, oh, yeah, God totally met my need. Or like, he totally healed me. Oh, did I not say anything? Don't be that person. Tell us what's going on in your life. We want to hear about it. Um, because we just, it just builds faith. And it just builds faith. It, and so please do share. So this morning we're going to talk, though, about something, a really cool passage of Scripture that um, in, in the Old Testament, of course, where we see the Holy Spirit doing something really neat. And so we're going to talk about Old Testament ministry. Have you ever in your life just felt stuck? Like there was a problem in front of you that you could not figure out a way through. You couldn't figure out a way around it. You couldn't solve it. Um, and it was just so frustrating to you in some way. Maybe you didn't know where to start. You know, like you, you have a big job ahead of you and you just don't even, like you don't even know where to start. It's so overwhelming. You just want to close the door and walk away. Have you ever prayed for wisdom in a situation like that? You know, sometimes we think about wisdom like, I need wisdom to know how to raise my kids, or I need wisdom in my marriage, or I need wisdom in my workplace. But have you ever looked at a problem in front of you and prayed for wisdom? And then in that, has God ever helped you get unstuck or resolve the issue or given you some creativity to tackle something in a new way? Well, I, I, I don't know if, you've, if you know this, if you've ever thought about it, but did you know that um, that is not only available to you, that ability to pray like that, but that, that is, that creativity, that ability to get unstuck, that answer to a problem is actually a work of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's not new news, that he has been doing that for a very, very long time. So listen, if there's something you're facing today that you need help with or something you think God is calling you to that you don't feel equipped for, that's everything, by the way. Um, like, if, if you have any of those feelings, let me show you a very, very cool scripture in Exodus um, and what it means for your life and for the church today. So as we've been saying, the Holy Spirit is um, active in the Old Testament. He didn't just show up on the day of Pentecost for the first time, but his work does look a little bit different than what we see in the New Testament after Jesus came and after Pentecost. In the Old Testament, he seems to show up in certain places at certain times for certain reasons. And each person uh, wasn't, you know, each person who worshipped Yahweh wasn't given this, the Holy Spirit personally, like we understand is true of us today as followers of Christ. But he was active and responsive and moving in very specific ways in, in, in all of human history. And so all of this that we read in scripture, uh, all of us helps us understand who he is, what he was doing, what that means for us now, uh, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, what that means for us. So we are going to drop into the end of the book of Exodus and the Lord here um, in, the, in context is giving Moses all kinds of instructions to share with the people 
Uh, the Ten Commandments are in here, uh, the laws, how to construct the tabernacle and everything that goes into the tabernacle and even what the priests wore to minister at the tabernacle. And so let's read what scripture says here. We're going to turn to Exodus 31. Uh, if you're joining us uh, or if you have it open here in person on the Version app, you can go to more and events and these are already loaded there for you. I hope. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Sometimes when you do the same task every week, and then every, every once in a while you think, I did hit publish, right? Great, okay, thank you. Thank you for the, the witness this morning. So in Exodus chapter 31, and then we're going to read something similar uh, just a, a few chapters later. But let's start here, um, at just at verse 1, Exodus 31. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have chosen um, Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of crafts. Moreover, I have appointed Aholiab, son of Ahishamach, of the tribe of Dan, to help him. Also, I have given ability to all the skilled workers to make everything I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, the ark of the covenant law with the atonement cover on it, and all the other furnishings of the tent, the table and its articles, the pure gold lampstand and all its accessories, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering, and all its utensils, the basin with its stand. And also the woven garments, both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests, and the anointing oil, and fragrant incense for the holy place. They are to make them just as I commanded you. Now jump over for something similar, but with a little bit more detail in Exodus chapter 35. We're going to start in Exodus 35 at verse 30. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, and has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, with all kinds of skills, to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver, and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood, and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Aholiab, son of Ahizamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders in purple, blue, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So Bezalel and Aholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord commanded. Isn't that a cool scripture? Did you know that was in there? If that's a new one for you, I welcome you to it because I love this passage of scripture. So here's what's happening. Um, other than the fact that I gave you like the broader context of what's happening in Exodus, but here's what's happening here. Moses had invited all of the Israelites to bring what they had as an offering to God in order to get all of these things constructed. And uh, chapter 35, verse 21 says, everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service, and for the sacred garments. And so Bezalel and Oholiab were uh, standing there in front of, just kind of want you to picture it with me, all of the people brought stuff. They brought so much stuff they had to stop them from bringing stuff. Um, and it says that they were standing, okay, it doesn't say that. I'm picturing all of the people bringing this stuff, and these guys are standing in front of a pile of brooches, this is from, you can read it in your Bible. This is um, chapter 35, 22 to 29. Brooches, earrings, 
rings, ornaments, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair, ramskins, leather, silver, bronze, uh, uh, assaya wood, onyx stones, gems, spices, and olive oil. And all the people just brought the stuff. They're like, there you go. Ha <laughs> ha. Go ahead. Can you just imagine? Can you imagine just standing there, being those guys in front of this giant pile of stuff that people had so generously brought as their hearts had moved them, and it's such a beautiful offering to the Lord, and now it's your responsibility to do something with it. But what does Scripture say? I mean, I feel overwhelmed just thinking about it. But what does Scripture say? That Bezalel was filled with the Spirit of God, and with that filling came wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and all kinds of skills. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? We often think of the Holy Spirit doing a miracle, like we heard about last week. Uh, miracles uh, that, you know, there, something supernatural happens, a physical healing or some kind of provision. Or we think about the Holy Spirit uh, working in, um, in a prophetic word or associated with tongues and interpretation, something we might hear audibly in a service like we have a couple of weeks ago. But what about the provision of wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and skills for the issues and problems that we face every day. He does that too. So the charismatic activity of God, which I know you took notes and remember that that just means that the gifts of the Spirit, so charismatic just means that the, gifts, the gifts of the Spirit being poured out and used in, in, in action. The charismatic activity of the Holy Spirit is not just experiential, what we can experience or feel or even hear uh, from the Spirit of God, but the charismatic activity of the Holy Spirit is also functional. It's not just something we experience, but something that well, we can have when we need to function that way. We have skills that are appropriate for the leadership or the service that we are called to. And so Bezalel looks at this pile of stuff and he knew what to do because of the spirit of God. He knew where to start and his mind was opened to the plans and the creativity required for the first step and the next and the next. I'll tell you what I would do. I would organize it. I would organize it into piles, but I wasn't there. I don't know what he did, but whatever he did, it, it totally worked. And I wonder what it was like for him. I wonder what it was like when he knew he had this huge responsibility. He had all of these things and everybody was waiting on him. Moses was kind of a big deal and God had... God himself had told Moses very specific plans for what was supposed to happen and what this tabernacle was supposed to look like and every piece of furniture that went into it and had to be done to a very, very specific way. And Moses didn't do any of it. He, he just told Bezalel, hey, by the way, it's pretty specific. Here's the plan. And he had to figure out how to do it with this pile of stuff. I wonder what that was like for him. Was he amazed at what came to his mind as he looked at all of the things? Was it as natural for him as breathing? He's just like, oh, I totally got that. It's no big deal. Were there points of frustration along the way? And then there were points of, oh, clarity. And then he kept going? Probably yes to all of those. I don't know. I don't know what it was like for him. But I'll tell you one thing for sure. It was very obvious because it's written in Scripture more than once. It was very obvious to him probably, but certainly everyone around him, that his abilities were not just his own. There was much more at work than someone who could just do some woodworking, which, by the way, is incredible, and I can't do any of it. Like it, but it, was, it was beyond a skill he had maybe learned from his, his father and his grandfather. There was something else at work here. 
because it is probable that um, Bezalel had learned some skills to some degree along the way in his life, picked up some things from his family or from his tribe or from his community. But when God empowered these talents, these areas, it was exactly what was needed for the service and ministry that he was called to. And there is something else really cool. There's a couple of really cool things in here, but there is something else here that is very cool, and I hope you noticed it, that he wasn't alone. Because God not only empowered Bezalel, he gave him a right-hand man, someone to help and to carry the load with him. Aholiab was appointed to help him. And the spirit was given to Bezalel to lead the project, and the spirit was given to Aholiab to come alongside and support him in every way in that work. Bezalel seems to have been the leader. Maybe he got a lot of the credit for the, for the project. I don't know. But either way, God knew that he couldn't do it alone. He couldn't do all of that work by himself. And so I want you to understand when you read something like this that this, like spirit-empowered people are not just the ones that you see and hear and recognize as gifted around you. Not by a long shot. Spirit-empowered people are, are, the, are also the ones who are lifting the burden, who are executing the plan, who are taking the notes, who are communicating the instructions, who are, who are lifting, or as we were talking about in prayer this morning, who are also pushing the plow with you. Spirit-empowered people for the time, for the season, for what is needed next. God provides for all of that. But that's even not all that I see in this scripture because the Spirit also empowered these two with the ability to, what did I, I paused on it, maybe you noticed, to teach others. It was important that they knew how to do the work, but it was also super important because that's a big job. Two guys couldn't handle the whole thing, no matter how gifted they were by the Spirit. They needed help. And so part of their gifting was the ability to teach others how to come alongside. It wasn't just them working day and night to get stuff done. There was a whole bunch of other people who were then given the opportunity to be gifted by the Spirit for the work that they needed to do. Let me read this to you one more time, that, the back end of that second scripture. And he, gave, he has given both Bezalel and Aholiab the ability to teach others. He has filled them with the skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiders, and blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So Bezalel, Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord has given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of construction, the sanctuary, are to do the work the Lord, just as the Lord has commanded. Do you hear how much the Spirit is giving to these people for the work at hand? Moses told everybody, bring your offerings. And then the Lord was ready for those offerings with spirit-empowered workers to do what was needed. And so I, I, maybe you've already, listen, I was at conference this week. Um, Pastor Aaron, are you in the room somewhere? Oh, you're back there. Oh, you're back there. Doing, okay, you're a little hiding. So I told Pastor Aaron, this, is, this would have been your moment right here, um, just so you know for later. Um, I had, there was a, a gentleman at conference you missed it, yeah. It's okay. I didn't tell you when it was going to be. I wanted you to feel it in the spirit. But there's a, there was a, she missed it. She's off, she's off campus with you guys. So she's, she's zoned in with you. That's fine. But there was this gentleman who every time he figured out what the pastor was going to say, like right before, like, like, the, like the dots, you know how the dots connect because you guys are smart people, right? And right before, he was, like, the, like the, the punchline was coming from the speaker. He'd be like, okay, okay. Okay, and I was like, Aaron, please, I beg you, on Sunday morning, 
right before I say, right before I connect the dots, be like, okay, okay, I see where you're going with that. But so next time though, if Erin does this, it's not really in her personality. She will never, I couldn't pay her enough money to actually do that in real life, but I was asking for it, please. So, okay, okay, pastor, I see where this is going. Hopefully that you're all in the spirit of okay right now. Yes, you guys, you guys get where I'm going with this. Uh-huh, okay, pastor. Challenging. No, this is why I did not challenge you with that. Because I was like, every five seconds, be like, okay. Adam would be like, please give me permission. Please give me permission. How much more, church, if this is what we read in this scripture? If the Holy Spirit and how he worked then and then how he works now, how much more? The charismatic Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit um, are, are, are on beautiful display in this story. But how much more, how much more can that be true today when each one of us is empowered by the Holy Spirit? If God was willing and able to supply the wisdom and understanding and knowledge and skill for that project that they had in front of them, think about how that points us to the provision of God today and for every ministry and for every act of kingdom service that he is calling his church to. Okay. The same spirit lives in each and every one of us. Us, his church. He can and he will provide what is needed for every situation when we look at him when we look for him and when we ask him for it. So how do I know that this story in Exodus wasn't just a one and done? Okay, well, you're making a big leap from the Old to New Testament, Tracy. Are you sure that this is true for us today? I mean, again, fabulous question you guys are asking me this morning. Thank you so much. Let me show you just a really couple quick things, and then let's, let's think about how this works in our lives. 1 Corinthians 12 and 14, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, list some of the gifts of the Spirit, the way that the Spirit works in the church. Lots of great teaching about that in some of our courses that we have online, if, you're, if that's a new concept to you. But in these lists of gifts are included wisdom and knowledge, like very specifically listed here. In James chapter 1, verse 5, it says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, any of you, that means you, lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. And I don't want to preach this out of context, so let me just say, if you're in your, in your Bible and you're looking at this scripture, keep reading. And it says the only thing you have to do in order to qualify for this promise is not doubt, is to believe that that's true and not doubt. Like, don't be the person who's like, oh, could you help me? But I don't know if you can really help me. He's just like, don't be like that. But if, if you believe in faith that he will give you wisdom, he will give it without finding fault. That's the scripture here, okay? So let me ask you again. You see this is in the New Testament. You actually see it in the stories in the New Testament as well. But very specifically, you, you have these lists of the gifts of the Spirit that very clearly list these kinds of gifts. We have wisdom just available, just, just freely from the Lord anytime we ask for it. So let me ask you, like I asked you at the beginning, if there was a problem in front of you that you just didn't know how to solve, or an issue that needed tackling but you didn't know where to start, what would you do? Have you ever been there? Have you ever prayed for wisdom and seen the Lord come through? 
I worked uh, really hard this week to think of examples of this in my life, not because they were hard to come up with, but because just the perfect one was eluding me for a long time. Because I will tell you, friends, from my personal experience, and I, don't, I think probably I just had good teaching on this for a long time in my life. So this was something that I, I grew up under. I uh, parents who both walked out this kind of, if you don't know what to do, you ask the Lord and he will just tell you. Like, he will tell you every time. So growing up in that kind of uh, certainty was such a gift for me. Parents, you can do that. I don't care where you came from. You can do that for your children, just so you know. And so I was trying to think of some examples of where this has worked uh, in my life every day. And I want you to think of your own as well because I want you to build your own faith with them this morning. One of the ways that I see this happening, uh, this creativity that is needed, I I see it all the time, is Christmas and Easter. And I know Miss Margaret's with the kids today, but she might give me an okay when I was uh, was thinking about this one. I always want to do a kids feature at Christmas and Easter, okay? I want something great. I I want to communicate something very specific because we always have a theme. I want to involve as many kids as possible. I want it to be simple enough to actually pull off and be useful in some way in the service. Um, it 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 should almost certainly involve music. Drama is a bonus. I'm open to flags and stones and carnations and crosses and chains and tags, and I'll do literally anything. I'm open to whatever. But I've always come to this place where I'm like, I don't know what to do this year. I've been in this game a long time, done a lot of Easter's. There's no way there's any new ideas that I can come up with now. And I ask the Holy Spirit to help me every year. God, give me an idea that will help us communicate this and also involve our kids and involve our church family and communicate the message of the gospel in a way that makes sense to them, but also, you know when little kids lead you, how you understand your faith in new ways? So I, I, I always am praying about that And then the Lord gives me a seed of an idea every single time. Every single time. And I say a seed of an idea because usually what then I do, hopefully, Margaret, when you're watching this later, you're like, right? I'll go to Margaret and be like, I have this. All I have is this. All I have is this. And then she'll be like, well, what about this? And I'll be like, yeah, and what about this? Oh, and then we could. Well, what if we? And then you know what we could do? And then she's like, and then I know we've got it when Margaret says, I have goosebumps. And then I'm like, okay, idea settled for Easter this year or whatever it is. Every time, it's, it's like the Holy Spirit gives the creativity and then he brings the community together and says like, yes, let, let's like work on that next, work on the next, work on the next. And the execution of the idea, like sometimes the kids get confused and they fall down the stairs or like whatever, like it happens, whatever. But, but asking the Lord every single time, I, man, this is another Easter it's just as important as, last one, as the last one, and I really want to communicate it well. I don't know what, I'm kind of out of ideas. You know who's never out of ideas? The Holy Spirit. And so there's flags, and there's stones, and there's flowers, and there's carnations, and there's crosses being carried up the middle. My favorite one ever was the flags. I'm gonna, we're going to do flags again someday. We're going to do flags again someday. Sometimes uh, when you, what you need from the Lord is um, the right person at the right time. You don't have the skill. You don't have what you need. What you need is the right person in your life, and you don't have that either. There was a, when we were getting ready to move about four years ago, we were going to sell our house. We had a big uh, problem with the ceiling. Like, it was an old leak, and then the, it was, you know, we just had to fix the ceiling to show the house. And I don't know anybody who can do knockdown. Did I say that right? Okay. I can't do knockdown ceiling stuff, like the stucco stuff that you knock down. 
that's how you do it, I think. That's how, so you can tell I didn't have the skill to do it on my own. And so we didn't know what to do, and I didn't know anybody who did it, because most, most, most companies who do that kind of work, they don't want to do little patch jobs, they want to do whole houses or whatever. So um, then one day I was, I was here at the church, and I was waiting for something. I don't remember why I was, oh, you see, it was very unusual that I was just wandering around the property waiting for something or waiting to meet with somebody or something. And um, there was a lady in the, uh, in, the, in the shed. And she was waiting for something too. Uh, a, a meeting that she was supposed to attend, nobody had shown up for yet. It turns out she had missed the email that it was canceled. So I was like, hey, um, what are you doing here? And, and we just got chatting, and I, oh, where do you live? I live in Williamsburg. Okay, me too, yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's cool. And so I started to ask her some questions about her life. And, um, oh, what is, what, what is your, oh, my, my husband owns a business. Oh, what kind of business does he do? Oh, he does stucco. And I was like, say more about that, you know? <laughs> say more about that. And so, uh, and so just in that moment, literally, and I said, oh, that's interesting, because I, I really need somebody to patch my ceiling, but I know those Guys don't really do that work. They'd rather just come in. And she's like, give me your name. I'll tell my husband he has to do this for you. <laughs> and so, so Adam came to our house and fixed our ceiling, and we sold our house. And we moved into our new house. And the first weekend we lived there had a leak and called Adam again to fix our ceiling. And um, it was just the provision. And I, I remember being amazed. Like, how, why was I even, I can't even remember what I was doing. Like, I don't just wander around the property randomly on a Wednesday night or whatever, very often. And so the Lord just provided the right person at the right time and the right conversation. And all I had to do was just say, hi, how are you? Hey, what are you doing here? Can I help you with anything? That was my only responsibility in that. Sometimes the Lord gives you a crazy idea that you need in the moment. Um, some of you know the story of when we were coming back from Florida in January. So you remember the, what, do you remember what lockdowns looked like then? And it's difficult, and you've got to get the PCR test, and you have to see 72 hours. <laughs> but then you also have to drive, so then you don't have your results yet from your PCR test. So you have to leave before you get your results, and you just hope you have your results by the time you hit the border. We got our PCR test results 30 minutes before we crossed the border in Detroit. And then we were having trouble downloading them, and so we stopped for lunch and just were trying to collect our, our thoughts. And we were getting the results over the phone and then they were, they were going to email them to me separately and all the things and it was getting, I was like, okay, so, but let me just go ahead and get your results. We'll give you your results right now. And um, Rob and Shay and I were all negative and Malachi was positive. And he had had COVID two weeks before, so we knew he wasn't sick or contagious or whatever, but he was just one who, I guess, what happens was still testing positive. We didn't know what to do. We had been now driving for almost 24 hours. We were exhausted we were at the end of our rope. And so we tried to figure out a couple of things. Is there a testing site that can do a really quick PCR test? Do we have to get a hotel room? I don't know what to do. And so we, we kind of drove around. Um, where even were we? We were, <laughs> we were in Michigan somewhere. I don't even know. I don't know where we were. And so we were just driving around and trying to figure out what to do next, and like, and like, we were just so beyond, we just didn't know what to do, and I just said, Lord, you gotta help us. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, I just don't know what to do. I'm gonna cry, I'm so tired, <laughs> you know? And, um, and then I was just like, just go, I just felt like, just go to the border. Just go to the border. At least then you'll, and I was like, Rob, I think we should just go to the border. He's like, 
okay. <laughs> like, and it was kind of scary because if you've tried to cross the border, like we didn't really know, nobody really knew what was going to happen. And so we put in the arrive. I just want to be clear because I know this is this being recorded. We put in the arrive can app that Malachi was positive. We had our PCR tests that showed that he was positive. We walked, we drove up. Like I drove up like this. Oh, Jesus. You see my family. <laughs> like, and uh, the gentleman, uh, the, 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 the border guard, he was like, asks all the questions and he looked at all the results and he looked at our Arrive Can app. Then he started saying, do you have any fruits or vegetables? Do you have anything from duty free? You know all the questions? And he's like, okay guys, enjoy your trip home. Thank you so much, bye bye. <laughs> I still to this day have no idea. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you, Lord. I don't know, I don't know if it didn't matter. I don't know if he didn't read it right. I didn't lie, he didn't actually say, did any of you test positive? We just answered the questions that we were asked very truthfully, and then we went home. And I don't know what we would have done if I hadn't just said, let's just go and see what happens. And, and you know, I just, it felt like a crazy idea because COVID, it was, you know how it was. It was, maybe it's still like that, I don't know. It's so, it's so weird and scary and you don't know what, what's gonna happen. But the Lord, sometimes he provides the creativity. Sometimes he provides the right person at the right time. Sometimes he gives you the idea or the courage to just do something when you're at your actual wit's end and he says, just take one step further. I got you. Now listen, I'm just disclaimer, guys. I'm not even pretending. If this happens to you, I'm not suggesting that this is what you should do. Just go to the border and hope. Like... I'm just telling you that we were out of options and the Lord helped us. So if he doesn't help you, I don't know what to tell you about that. But I don't actually know how, even what the rules are anymore. But I don't know. He just, he just met us in that moment because we really needed him. So what's your story? What's your story? Have you ever thought about it like this? Have you ever stared down a project or a task or a mess in your life in some way and wondered what to do? Has he ever come through for you with creativity or a skill or wisdom or help or just strength and skill? Have you ever thought about it like that, where he meets you in your time of need? Dallas Willard in The Great Omission, we studied this book in our, um, our CP group a couple years ago. And he makes this really interesting point about how we don't think of Jesus as being the one who knows everything about everything, but he is. He says it like this. There is in our culture an uneasy relationship between Jesus and intelligence. I have actually heard Christians respond to my statement that Jesus is the most intelligent man who ever lived by saying, that's an oxymoron. Today we automatically position him away or even in opposition to the intellect and intellectual life. Now, this fact has important implications for how we view his relationship to our world and our life. How could we be his disciple at our work, take him seriously as our teacher there, if when we enter our fields of technical or professional competence, we must leave him at the door? Obviously, some repositioning is in order. It seems to me that uh, we see and hear his deeds and words, but we don't think of him as the one who knew how to do what he did or who really had the logical insight into the things he said. We should understand that Jesus would be perfectly at home in any professional context where good work is being done today. He goes on to give an example, um, examples like mine. 
where he ha talks about an interior designer who was frustrated and couldn't figure out how to solve a design problem that she was having. And she prayed about it and said, Holy Spirit, help me. I have to finish this project. I am on a deadline, and I, I just don't know how to solve this particular problem. And he says, she learned that Jesus is maestro of interior designing <laughs> and accounting and teaching and engineering and nursing and labor and everything else. Church, listen, the same spirit who empowered Bezalel and Aholiab with wisdom and knowledge and skill that was needed in their time is the same spirit who lives in you and who is empowering all of his people. All you got to do is ask. Andrew Murray says um, in his book, I actually put it on the slide, but I, yeah, Waiting on God. I have it in a devotional, so I had to look. Um, in, in his book, Waiting on God, he says, learn to say about every want, failure, or lack of grace, I have not waited enough on God. He would have given me all I needed in due season. So I want to invite you today. I know that there are, I can't even imagine, in a group this size and off campus too, I can't imagine the kinds of things that we're facing. I know some of you, I know, you know, I have a chance to chat with some of you. I know some of your stories. I know some of the things you're facing, but I don't know the scope of it. All of our lives are so different and unique. God has gifted us all so uniquely. And also the challenges we face are unique to us and our story. So I can't imagine what you're thinking, but I will tell you that I know with a certainty from Scripture that the same Holy Spirit who empowered these men for the task at hand lives in you as a believer in Jesus. That's the promise. And so whether you need a miracle in, in, in creativity or a provision or the right person or the, the right provision, whatever it is, maybe you just need the right idea because you're at the end of your rope and you don't know what to do next. I'll just tell you that scripture says over and over again that that same God can provide for that exact thing. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. He lives in you. So I want to take a moment this morning to pray for that in our lives. I just quietly want to do that together. I want to pray for divine creativity. Because I know some of you need a creative solution to something you're facing. I want... Uh, I want you to, I want to pray with you for wisdom. Some of you are facing some things and you just do not know what to do next. Oh, friends, I think I'm, I'm there every day. We're kind of maybe all there every day. We just don't know what to do next. I want to pray together for skill. Some of you need to be able to do something and you, you don't have the skill yet. And you either need the right person or you need to be able to learn quickly and either one of those things are possible in the spirit-empowered person. And I want to believe with you that the same spirit who empowered Bezalel lives in us and will give us everything we need in due season when we trust him, when we ask him, when we have faith. So I do want to do this quietly and in submission. Let's stand together in a posture of prayer. If it's meaningful to you, uh, we did this at conference and I was reminded about, uh, they do this in Alpha as well. And I was reminded about how powerful this is. So if it's meaningful to you, don't feel obligated if, if it's not. But I'm just going to put my hands out, just in a posture, just because of that posture is helpful in our hearts. Hands are not closed. They're not clenched. They're not um, down in discouragement, nor are they striving in any way. They're just open, Lord, in front of me. And so we invite you, Holy Spirit, to come.
We believe what we read in scripture, that you, the same Holy Spirit, who has empowered people all through time with creativity and skill and wisdom and knowledge and provision, you live in us as followers of Christ. We, just, we choose to just let that belief rise up in our hearts. And we consider now the thing that we need, the wisdom we need, the knowledge that we need. We consider the people that we need. Even for some of us who have are just gone through a, a deep season of loneliness, and then what we need most right now is to have people in our lives who we connect with uh, on a heart-to-heart basis. And, and that's the deepest need that we have right now. We open our hands and want to receive that from you. There are some who are facing down major problems at work. There are people that are difficult. I, there, there's an issue, there's a conflict, and there's just, there just doesn't seem to be a way through it. And it doesn't seem to matter what, what, the, what we say or do. It just, it, it doesn't seem to resolve anything. And so for, for those who are feeling that way, Lord, we just invite that spirit of peace. We invite the fruit of self-control to be activated in our lives. We want to cooperate with the spirit. We pray that um, our lives will be known as, as those who love people first, even if their words are hurtful or unkind. And we receive from you, Lord, the words to say in conflict. I know there are some in this place who have marriages that are breaking apart. They've gone cold, and we just don't know what to do next. There's conflict, there's unresolved tensions there's sort of a survival going on in the home behind closed doors that no one knows about. We invite you, Holy Spirit, with the creativity and the love and the power to come and reignite marriages. That each person in that marriage would come with a humble and submitted spirit to say, I don't know where to go from here, but let's do this together. We invite you to do that kind of work. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to, to, to give us the, the skill and the knowledge to tackle the, the very practical problems that are in front of us. Some of us have uh, things going wrong in our, in our homes or with our cars or, or just different issues with our schedules, and we don't know what to do. We just don't know who to call. We don't know how to walk through, but we trust that the Holy Spirit is able to give us is, uh, insight and wisdom, even the skill to understand what to do next. So in that, in that space, in, for all, all who feel that way, Lord, we receive that gift from you. We just cons- consider who you are and what you are able to do. And we, we ask you now, like, like the, we are told in James to ask for that kind of wisdom for that kind of insight, and we thank you that you, you give it without finding fault. You give generously. You give to all who ask. And so we choose to be those who um, do not shrink back or doubt, but we choose to be those who say, with these open hands, we receive from the Holy Spirit what we need and everything that we need 
in these moments and for tomorrow and for the next day, for every relationship, for every problem, for every issue. And we trust in faith that you will provide for all of our needs. So Holy Spirit, please like work, work in all of these scenarios. Grant confidence to every circumstance and situation. Give your church the ability to hear your voice and to know how to step out and act. Give us the courage to do it. Teach us, Holy Spirit, to listen to your voice, to hear what you would say. We listen now and thank you for the working that you have in your church, the gifting you have for your church and through us. And God, we just ask that you would do all of these things. We receive it in peace this morning. We receive it in confidence in our relationship with you. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Hey, friends, listen, if, if this is all brand new to you, I want to invite you into a conversation. It would be delightful to have a conversation about faith with you, questions you might have. You can go, if this is all new off campus, this is, of course, for you too. You can go to freedomkw.com um, slash Help me. Life, thank you. I'm like, it's a very simple word, and it's escaping me. Uh, slash life, thank you, Connections Pastor Aaron Jameson. Um, and it wasn't an okay, but it was, it was what I needed in the moment. Okay, thank you, okay. So, um, so do that, please, and let, let's start a conversation about faith and that the, this Holy Spirit we've been talking about is available to you as well in a relationship with Jesus. So I wanna invite you to that relationship. And friends, next week is a celebration of prayer in community through the Holy Spirit and what he can do through our lives. If you have a, a testimony about how the Holy Spirit has answered a prayer of yours, I want to slash need to because I need a couple more people for next week to share those stories. We have an incredible follow-up for you from a, a fifth Sunday last year. We cannot wait to share and celebrate. And then let's just bring a crazy amount of food and bless one another every way we can, okay? So we'll see you again next Sunday. Be blessed, and I'm looking forward to celebrating that with you. See you then.